water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and affiliated to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast by us, the Novice Elitists. How are you doing, Caleb? Oh, I'm doing good, and I'm very excited to talk about Book Two, Chapter Thirteen, The Drill. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's just begin because you know this is kind of a continuation from last episode we're not doing an intro there's no whistler son so uh do you know who wrote this this episode is written by michael dante DiMartino and brian knitsko so it's nice to see them pen the script here oh but just to quickly get the summary out of the way here we begin this episode directly following the events of the last episode team avatar have finally arrived at the walls of bossing say but before they can enter the city they first have to attack the giant drill that has arrived to penetrate the city's walls. Azula has reappeared to cause some more mischief, along with her gang of familiar baddies, Tai Lee and Mei. But besides them, we also see the return of War Minister Chin, who we met previously in the Northern Air Temple. And after trying and failing to illustrate the need for teamwork in this venture, with the earthbending protectors of the city, it becomes clear that the gang will have to take it on themselves. An infiltration mission is the only way to access the weak spots on the giant drill, but Toph once again asks to be excluded from entering a place where her bending abilities would be muted. Before we continue with that side of the plot, first we have to pick up on the plot between Zuko and Iroh. Jed is still hanging close to the two as he works to recruit Zuko to his cause, but his interests quickly change when Iroh gives away his firebending abilities when he openly reheats a cold mug of tea, and we'll pick up on more of that in the next episode. But back with the gang, Sokka uses his smarts to draw an engineer close to them, and after dispatching him, steals a set of schematics for the drill. He uses this to draw a plan of destruction that involves cutting through the inner supports and collapsing the sheen from the inside. Katara and Aang work together using their waterbending to slice through the supports. But while the two are at work, the missing engineer is discovered, and so is the first support they cut. Sensing that trouble is afoot, Azula takes her pals to go see if they can track down these saboteurs. A fight breaks out when she discovers Team A, with Aang still trying to finish the task, Meanwhile, Sokka and Katara try to escape using the only way out, through a pipeline which funnels a mixture of water and sand called slurry. Tylee jumps in after them, but after Team A make it through, Katara uses waterbending to create a clog in the pipe to add some extra pressure to the drill. But back with Aang, he begins the process of delivering the final blow, cutting an X-shaped hole that he plans to use in its final destruction. But before he manages that, Azula catches up with him, and the fight heats up, with Aang almost losing. It's only due to the backed-up slurry finally letting loose that gives Aang the distraction he needs to escape Azula and deliver the killing blow to the drill. And with that threat averted, the gang quickly move away and finally enter the city of Bossing Se. Okay, well, uh, you all know where we left off last. Uh, there's the summary, and so, well, uh, let's let's begin. So get your legally or illegally purchased copies. Get a time to zero. Please play right now. 
Yeah, not that we can even do that this time because in our Blu-ray versions, all we get is the drill. Uh, what would you call that is cover screen? That's pretty much it. Just the title card. Yeah. And that's it. Title card. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Twenty three twenty five is the timestamp on my my disc right now. Very strange that does that. But but here we go. Starting out on kind of a desolate landscape again. What is this? The desert uh, part two? Probably. But no, really, it's the Serpent's Pass part two as we cut back to the drill. Or Secrets of the Fire Nation. <laughs> yeah, or the Journey to Bossing Say part one. <laughs> I guess technically two, but whatever. Yeah, no, this is part two now. Yeah. yeah very strange. I wonder where those titles came from. The It's just odd. I could not even begin to tell you, my friend. Oh, but I do. I do want to call it. I love the animation of this drill in this uh, this first part i like seeing all the working parts oh really mr like it's it's out of this world cgi <laughs> well that was just a that was just a call up for ang he was he was baffled because no it's so foreign to him I, I, I like what you put there <laughs> well played sir but i like all the working parts and seeing the little bits digging into the ground as it pulls itself forward i think that's all just well thought out yeah kind of like an inchworm or a caterpillar it's it's really cool how they do that kind of like um well, I just realized, holy shoot, I didn't realize this until now, but it's kind of like the mechanized like version and or demon form of the Ohm. Oh, I can see it. Absolutely, I can see that. I did not think of that until now. Holy shoot, that's where they got it from. Um, oh, by the way, the C- yeah, this, yeah, just to like, agree, with you, the CGI on both the tanks and the drill, absolutely gorgeous. Yep, definitely. And the in- inside of it, too, I think is, is really well done. I like all the red. As we cut onto these uh, these Fire Nation, what would you even call these guys? Pilots, engineers. There you go. <laughs> yeah, engineers or something. And then we see, but we get inside there, and we see Azula, Tylee, and May. And then returning back from Book One, uh, Episode Eight uh, Seventeen, the Northern Air Temple, uh, is the uh, War War. No, I was going to say War Master, but the. Um, War Minister Chin. Oh, there you go. There you go. War Minister Chin. Um, that's that's who he is. Excuse me. I don't know if he had a name in the previous episode that he was in, but yeah, follow up for him. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, we 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 haven't seen uh, Azula in a while. I can't remember when the last time we saw her was, but it feels like it's been a little bit. And yeah, she's leading this this siege on Bossing Say. She's uh. I guess she's ever since uh, as a child, she was disgusted by her uncle's failures. And now she's she's uh, going to surpass him by finally conquering this city. This is the boss siege of bossing, say, part two in that it's well, yeah, part two, <laughs> um, the drilling. Yeah. And I think it was cool that we saw that she was like when we saw those flashbacks in uh, Zuko alone. Oh, wait, was it Zuko alone? Oh, with him or her uh yeah no zuko alone was with her yeah but she was then in the next episode of um the chase oh i mean uh the flashbacks of when she was talking about like oh uncle was such a failure yeah it was zuko alone yeah so i I like the little follow-up that now she's the one leading the siege and kind of try to take back what he what he lost pretty much with ingenuity and machines yeah and i like uh Tylee's there and she she just she doesn't seem fit for this group you know she seems this is yeah no she's she's the odd person out man like she should not be here she's like 
she was literally born on the wrong side. But well, maybe here's hope that she'll realize, like, you know, understand the situation she's in. Again, she's very it's very interesting with her. She's this like positive ball of energy, and yet she's on like the side of tyrants and conquerors. Yeah, I guess it's just who you grew up with, you know, who, who your what your culture is around you. Pretty much, like all those refugees out there, I don't even know what she would like, how she would react. Like, put her in that situation of like where all the, you know, um, in that ferry terminal. I I don't know what she would say. Yeah, but uh, maybe we'll find out one day. You never know. But I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, um, <laughs> basically, she looks through one of them telescopes there, and the um the, the periscope excuse me and she sees a bunch of earth kingdom troops getting ready to attack um and she's like hey those guys look like they mean business and azula's like all right business you two get down there and uh, deal with them and so they go off and then the scene changes um after war the war minister boasts his uh in uh <laughs> Jeez, this is the most Star Wars of Star of A New Hope of A New Hope uh, plots you can get come across. This is impenetrable. That's so funny. I was about to make a Star Wars reference. Yeah. So I was gonna be like, "Oh, you forgot to mention when she looked through that little telescope, she saw Gareth uh, Gareth Edwards in the <laughs> in the trenches." That'd be awesome. <laughs> Let's go him as an Earthbender. I'm in. <laughs> Let's do this, bud. Um, Wait, did I say Evans or Edwards? Which one did I say? I hope I said Edwards. You said Edwards. Okay, good. Trust me, I got confused as well. I'm like, is it Edwards or Evans? No, it's Edwards. (laughs) I know for a fact. Yeah, so they they go on the assault, but before we can see that, we cut over to uh, to Aang, and he gave up on his search for Appa and flies back to meet the group, still with the the refugee family with their little baby there, Hope. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So they get literally onto the wall, uh, Toph and him raise a column, like to go all the way up, flying... Uh, they see it, and again, there is no hope. Uh, and then two guards come and just like, "Hey, what are you doing out here? It's against the law." And it's like, "I am the Avatar. Take me to whoever is in charge." Like, yes, saying, "Let's go." Getting straight to the point, and you know, so then there's this guy. You know, he's just like, "Oh yeah, you know, the wall is impenetrable because it's bossing say the impen- it, That's literally in its title, like the impenetrable wall. It's like, okay. Yep. Fair enough. Like we, we, we get it. They, they cannot penetrate it. Blah, 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 blah. We're going to like succeed at this. Um, gloat, not gloating, 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 but you know, like sp- speaking highly of his stuff and, and, and all that stuff. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But Toph, you know, she, she, she's heard some stuff about the history of bossing say, and she, she knows some people have broken through. What was the one that they say the dragon of the, the West or something like that? Yes. The dragon of the West whom you know sort of got in but did not um destroy it or did, did not completely break through yeah so so you know he that that kind of slaps her down a little bit but but i did want to call out before we continue too much uh i don't know it looks like there's a little bit of a change in the animation quality in this one i, don't know, I feel like they're looking a little bit more rough this time around do you like it or not uh i'm not gonna say i dislike it but it's definitely looking a little bit less Less polished, especially some of the backgrounds. Okay. During this so, do you remember bitter work? Uh, vaguely, vaguely, yeah, bitter work. Yeah. Okay, do you remember who animated that? Um, was it DR movie? It was DR movie. Now, 
I wanted to make this point there afterwards, but I'm going to make this again. Do you remember in memories stink bomb? I sure do. Yep. Okay. So that was animated by Madhouse. Now, obviously I still don't know fully who it was that animated Akira, but I like to think that if GM animation is the ones who they didn't, but like if they were the ones to like craft Akira, then whoever did the style of this and bitter, bitter work in DR movie are similar to the people who in Madhouse uh, animated stink bomb. Stink bomb. If that yeah. makes sense in that, they both almost go for a similar like facial style to what JM was doing, but there's slight differences and they deviate just a smidge, but you could still almost say like, Hey, it looks like it could be JM. So that's literally like what I mean. If that made any sense. <laughs> uh, you're, so what you're saying is that some people from Madhouse and some people from DR movie were both trying to emulate JM animation style. Pretty much. I mean, like, well, overall in, in uh, Stink Bomb, they were emulating um, Otomo's uh, aesthetic, like his art style, mm. which in Akira, again, whichever animation studio that was, numerous ones. I think DR Movie actually worked on them as well. But <laughs> they, Madhouse, again, like, adopted um, Katsuhiro Otomo's art style for that short. And so what I'm saying is, is that whoever the art director is on this one, they are, or character designer is on this one and bitter work. They are obviously similar and they look again, the, the faces look a lot less cartoony than they did in the desert. Yes. Well, so part, pardon my tangent, but I'm just basically saying that yes, while a lot of the backgrounds might look basic, there's a very big reason why. One that's slowly moving this way towards the wall. You can see where the budget was spent. Yeah, but I, I did like, uh, I did kind of enjoy this scene with this uh, very pompous. I don't know if he's like a general or, or again, some sort of leader of the guards at Bossing Say. He's a general, yes. He's like, they don't call it Nossing Say, which means, you know, it, it's a penetrable city because Bossing Say means unpenetrable city. I, I kind of thought that was a, a fun bit. Yeah, no, that was a pretty fun bit anyways. And he's he basically boasts again, like, oh yeah, I've sent an elite team of Earthbenders named the Terror Team. And Sokka's like, ooh, we should get a we should get a team name going. Let's let's go with that, eh? Yeah, I didn't realize that uh well maybe I'll save that joke as we go along, but <laughs> obviously. But yeah, we see the terror team, they go to action and yeah, they, they use their earthbending skills to try to Put some put some brakes on this this drill tank here, but really it's uh, their natural abilities is no no comparison to this technological uh... marvel. There you go, marvel. Yeah. Uh, to be fair though, they did wipe out uh, a tank uh, with six of them. They wiped out a tank, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Or at least like you know, shot a tank up in the air, even though again it could probably come down and just reverse because again. Uh, counterbalancing system it does not matter um there's then again they, they they try to get columns to you know slow the tank down but again size force weight like there's guys create a fissure like come on like start making like a fissure ripping open the earth 
Like maybe that'll work. In fact, actually, no, maybe it won't work, but it'll certainly slow them down. It'll take more power. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's no way they're going to do that. And as they're like, you know, still trying to, you know, do what they can to slow it down. All of a sudden, like they quickly create shields because, you know, knives are suddenly thrown at them. And there's my, my and or may, sorry. And uh, Ty Lee, and basically may is nowhere to be seen. She's just off screen doing something. I don't know. Probably like huh. make play or uh, reciting her poetry to these guys. I couldn't even tell you while well, Ty Lee like makes quick work of these guys. Uh, interestingly. And uses that technique of chi bending or chi blocking, hmm. excuse me, and uh, mm-hmm. blocks all their chi. Yeah, it's interesting to see that again. Hmm. And yeah, we we saw this. Yeah, the the general he was getting pretty haughty about the ability of this this terror team. And once he kind of sees what happens, yeah, he he really does not uh, hold up too well. And I don't know if like they get captured or not because we don't see what happens to their bodies, but we just see you know. Tylee standing all over top of them. So, yeah. They just leave them there. Like, yeah. ah, we'll come back from later. Hopefully none of them got squished. Like, golly gee, you don't want to be the one to get squished by that drill. <laughs> or the tanks. Yeah, a couple of them got squished, I think. Yeah, I think Eek. I heard them screaming in the background. Yikes. <laughs> That's no good. Yeah, then essentially what happens with the, the general is he'd been, he'd been so pompous about, oh, we don't need the help of the Avatar. We got this terror team. This is an impenetrable city. We're fine. But their defeat, their very quick defeat, makes him yeah, just come kind of crawling with his, his tail between his legs to the Avatar. It's like, please help. So, yep. He's been humbled, and therefore he uh, asks for the help. And, yeah. And accepts the four of them overlook uh, the drill as it makes its way forward towards the wall. And, uh, all stare silently, and then they all turn to Sokka. He's like, why are you looking at me? Like, what's this got to do, buds? It's because you're the idea, butt guy, dude. It's like, so? Like, I don't I don't have a plan here. Like, that doesn't mean I automatically know. I need schematics. Like, there needs to be plans here. Like, what we need to have, like, we need plans from the Death Star. Like, how is this supposed to, like, help us? We don't know the weaknesses. Yeah, we gotta go back. Gotta go back to the library and get some more information. Exactly. Like I got enough information. I got enough like of these scrolls inside my like, um, I got enough scrolls inside my you know bag I purchased during the um, blind bandits for pit's sake. So like, I don't got everything in here. Yeah, and I like this new emphasis on Sokka being the the brains of the group. Yeah, because they treat him like he was so stupid for so long. Yep, but he's also the complaining guy. Just remember that now. Well, that's most certainly true. Yeah, and he agrees to that. <laughs> Oh, but before we see what Sokka comes up with his, his big brain routine, we have to cut back to another another kind of immigration queue with uh, now it's time for Zuko and Iroh to, to go through customs or whatever it is here. Yep. See your rival gate. Yeah, and lots of bureaucracy and lots of rude ladies, kind of unpleasant ladies uh, working in this this gig. Seems like they're. Uh, yeah, I got a thing for that in, in this these two episodes. But this one's actually much more easily charmed than the last one. All, all really Ira has to do is, you know, give her a couple compliments and bat his eyes, and she's immediately swooning for him. Indeed. So, what would you think of that little exchange? I like that. 
Hey, get away with women, I'd say. We don't. I know his uh, wife passed away, but I don't think he. Again, I think he's loyal to her till death. But like, ah, man, I think he he just knows how to like <laughs> win over a woman, uh, any kind of woman, albeit maybe his age. Yeah, and I thought it was cute that she called him handsome. I was like, yep. oh, that's nice for. <laughs> but of course, Zuko doesn't think it's so nice. He's just so embarrassed by his uncle. He's like, I can't believe you're like doing this. You're, you're embarrassing me, man. Like, why? Yeah, and then we get another little. I was complaining in the last episode. I thought the the hope baby was a little bit of clumsy, maybe a little too scream it for the rafters writing. Uh, as we see, uh. As we see Iron Zuko walking away, uh, we switch POV to uh, Jet. And the first thing he says is, I think Lee would make a good freedom fighter. And Lee, is, of course, is uh, Zuko's kind of alias. So this whole thing in the, the last episode, they kept hammering that he wants to convert Zuko. Just has to be his first line in this episode. I thought that was weird. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just to spell it out and... I don't know, give dialogue to Jet to like make his actions known, even though... Um, Smellerby is the voice of reason here. It's just like, we don't know these guys, which is what I was saying previous episode. Me and Smellerby are, are echoing each other. Um, and he's like, nah, man, I'm just going to push for it. Cause like he really, him and I like really good. Just say you have the hots for him. Like, that's all you got to say. Like you literally just say like, that guy is really attractive. I'm going to go like, uh, I'm going to go try to hit on him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all like, that's that's how you make the dialogue change or maybe that's what Longshot said because he's like I respect that after Longshot gives him the look oh and actually I did want to just to be fair to the show I guess some people might not tune into the last episode so this is their chance to realize what Jet's uh, what is his point is going to be in this one but then you might also be like oh hey crap Jet's back that seems like they didn't announce it at all well you know <laughs> The show isn't exactly, while you could say some parts of it are episodic, it's also still a story. Yeah. So, you know, at, maybe not at this point, but you technically should have seen the last episode or else. Yeah, what do you think about this long shot uh, gimmick? They're definitely uh, playing within these two episodes. Well, he's certainly playing the trope, I'd say, of the, um, was it the quiet archer or the... Um... Yeah, the archer, which is, you know, they're usually supposed to be distant and whatnot. They're they're taken from the back. Kind of like what people or what Wheaton was trying to write Hawkeye as in the first Avengers Assemble movie. Um, or, you know, he's he's up in his bird cage or his hawk's nest or whatever Selvik says. Um, you know, they're they're at a distance and you can like see things from a distance so you can like extrapolate weaknesses mm. or like personalities and you know, just just things that people wouldn't see from like an outsider's perspective, almost uh, from a distance, if that makes sense. So maybe he like gives uh, Jet some words of encouragement or something like that, or to proceed with caution. I don't know. He's but he he gives him you know just a look, and he fa- he acts with his face, and his face says it all. So if he was any more of a presence in the show, you could probably say he'd get old fast. But for now, I think it works. That's fair. Oh, but uh, following up on one of your points earlier, we cut to the next scene and it's a line of uh, they're in like the inf- the infirmary. Yep. And they have a line of beds and Katara's looking over them with her her waterbending healing and discovers that their chi is blocked. So learning more about that uh, little little secret power. Yeah. Where did she learn that? I do wonder. 
Where did yeah. she learn that? Mm-hmm. Indeed. We'll have to wait and find out because obviously we won't get those answers here. But uh, again, like Katara explains, you know, yeah, it was Ty Lee and she basically turned their bending out from the inside in a way, or at least, you know, mm-hmm. prevented them from blocking pathways within the yeah. Yeah, that's and Sokka over there with his big brain powers. You know, that's his uh, his bending ability. He's having a smart brain. I uh, can bend thoughts to his will. <laughs> bend thoughts to his will. Um, he realized the plot of A New Hope before anybody else did. There Maybe you that go. Rogue One was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, we need to go in and find the uh, the exhaust port next to the uh, what's next again? <laughs> well, it's in a trench. Well, they they, they say a specific thing. That it is. But. Oh, the exhaust port leads to the reactor. That's right. So all they got to do is go to the reactor instead. There you go. Exactly. So, so yeah, that's that's basically this one. And yeah, it's a new hope. Where's that baby again? She should be there in the scene where they uh, when they talk about that. It'd be right on the nose. <laughs> and so basically, Aang and the gang go over and look uh, overlook the drill, and they are like, "We'll take it out from the inside." And so yep. the high standard of the infiltration begins. Toph creates uh, a hole, uh, not a hole, sorry, she uh, creates a big dust cloud as cover, smart, and then they all uh, go inside a little hole that she made, waiting for the drill to go over top of them. Tylee notices, you know, this poofy cloud, and, <laughs> you know, pontificates to herself, her her klutzy-minded self, and um, yeah, Azula kind of suspects something, but is like, I-, I couldn't even tell you what that is. Yeah, the genius, uh, genius Master Chin over here is just like, don't worry about it. It's nothing, just some dust. Like, what a what a war uh, chief this guy is. Yeah, exactly. Not even thinking of anything. Like, could it be Earthbenders or whatnot. Um, but anyway, inside the hole, um, Sokka's like, I can't see anything down here. Ang, please, like, can't you firebend? Like, make some light. Or does anybody have one of them glowing crystals? And Toph's like, oh no, somebody you know can't see or whatnot. Whatever shall we do? Sorry. Yeah, oh no, what a nightmare. More uh, blind jokes. They sure love making those in this show. Yeah, I don't know if that's indecent or not. Who even knows? <laughs> but um, yeah, once again, Toph is kind of like, uh, just like in the library, she's like, I can't, I've got no value in there. I can't see, I can't bend. Like, I'm just going to hang out out here. Pretty much. Like, she cannot, like, you know, it's metal. Like, she can't bend it. Earthbenders can't bend it. So, like, She's useless in there. Yeah, she turns around. She's like, Appa, me and you are going to hang out here. And then she's like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, no, <laughs> Dang. Dang, sir. Savage, as the kids would say nowadays. Anyways, uh, so three and Momo go inside. Uh, Toph remains up there trying to, once again, slow down the drill. But, mm-hmm. well... You know, it's kind of like I said before, it's it's mass. It's huge. It's enormous. Like, there's no way like I still have problems with her, like being able to slow down the the um, the library. This is mm. like this makes way more sense. Yeah. Library was going vertical. This is going horizontal. Uh, but yeah, she basically starts trying to do, you know, again, best effort, but it's not working. Uh, but anyway, inside. Yeah, inside Sokka, you know, again, he's got that big brain power. He's like, what are we going to do? We got to try to figure out where to slow this down. He sees the first knob that he can find and he just smashes it up. He's like, oh, this looks this looks vaguely important. Let me just yeah, destroy it. <laughs> you 
it's smart, you know, smart, smart way to go about it, you know, just cause some mayhem. Why not? Yeah, why not? Because you know what draws mayhem, but guards and or people and who's running this whole thing? Why engineers? And guess what's going to happen uh, when they come to fix the, uh, the, the problem? Oh, you know, they're going to you know, use their tools and whatnot. They're going to look at their schematics of the machine uh, to make sure how this works. That's exactly what happens. Katara freezes the um, the engineer. Yeah. Probably should have knocked him out, but whatever. Uh, probably did it non-lethally. And uh, so- Sokka quickly grabs all of his schematics and they run away. Yeah, and then they, they cut away very quickly before we see the next shot where he runs back and hits the, the glass with his boomerang and it shatters. Oh, <laughs> jeez, like like to bits. And he's also like, you know, yeah, the whole thing <sighs> shatters into yeah, a mess on the ground. Jeez, what is this web of shadows? Man, I still remember that scene as well. What the heck, dude? Oh, but but Sokka, you know, he because of his experience with the mechanist, he understands these schematics a lot more than uh, you might uh, you might be uh, expecting. Yeah, you know, four years of of engineering uh, of an engineering jury all condensed down into like two months or a week or a day. <laughs> I understand stuff. He's got that bending brain power, and so do the mechanists. They they bonded very well. So yeah, he figures out exactly what they need to do to uh, take out. Is it just the engine, or so? What it is is that, you know, it's it's so huge. So they decide there's uh, a skeleton of the drill itself around, I guess, the main hub or around the main engine is what they're going to attack and uh, target. And so they'll try to destroy all the support beams around it, holding the whole structure up. And then uh, basically the weight, these, stru- these, these beams are holding up all the weight together. And without that uh, support, it'll basically collapse in on itself, which is usually how like gigantism mm. and the idea of, and why beings like Ant-Man or giant man or the atom can't exist because uh, <laughs> of like their size shifting abilities, you know, they would tether themselves apart given the square cubic law uh, physics. This is a very nice episode for uh, any person who has a basic understanding of physics. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, except for a few parts, which I'll bring up. But anyways, we cut away from there as they enact they're going to the plan and uh we go back to the uh i guess arrival station yep and yeah we see zuko and jet still hanging out together with their little mopey looks they've been spending a lot of time together um and of course the first thing that uh, catches ira's attention little tea uh, what, what do you call it cart vendor tea stand I was gonna say stand, but it's it's moving, so I was like, I don't know if that counts as stand. Yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, then yeah, what what happens in this scene? He finds that the tea is cold. I was like, he's calling it a disgrace, but I was like, maybe in Boston, say, maybe they just serve cold tea. Maybe that's a cultural thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like iced tea. I yeah. wonder how he'd feel about iced tea. Have to get his opinion on that. But um, again, uh, Jet comes over and is again really pushy. He's very pushy to Zuko. It's like, hey. Zuko, listen, I'm really attracted to you. It's like, uh, like, like the moment I saw you with that scar, I was like, oh man, this guy has been in so many battles. I got to ask him all this stuff. Like I'm suddenly like just completely attracted to you. Like, man, 
can you like can i go on a date with you and uh zuko's like sorry man like i'm not interested and you know as he's going away he's like oh man like fine whatever but then he notices something about uncle iroh and what does he notice sir yeah see iroh he's got no respect for for different cultures and he's like ah cold tea this is repulsive he he doesn't even bother looking around. He just just on instinct he heats the tea with his firebending abilities, and Jet happens to uh, happens to spot that. And we forgot to mention uh, it's been a while since the first episode we saw with Jet, but he's very xenophobic against the the firebenders. So. Oh yeah, or the Fire Nation as well. Yes, yeah. So yeah, he he is not having it. Yeah, whatever attraction he once had to Zuko, potentially, yeah, it's it just goes right through the floor at that point. And Zuko, once he notices it, he immediately looks back to see if Jet saw and then slaps the cup right out of his hand. He's he's choked. I've never seen him uh, treat his uncle this way. <laughs> well, verbally, yes, but like physically, in this case, he had ju- he's justified because, you know, again, they're trying to hide amongst all the other you know, civilians and poses bystanders. So, you know, heating tea to those of the you know watchful eye is probably not the best idea inside you know uh, a place that wants to uh that also does not like firebenders <laughs> yeah and truth be told it really was a stupid uh pretty stupid move on on iroh's part and he even doesn't even take it seriously after zuko points it out all he does is it's like oh i know you're not supposed to cry over spilled tea but like i i don't know that's it's uh, it, it felt a little out of character a little bit i was gonna say feeling a little out of character just a smidge like he's usually smarter than this yeah it especially is. in bossing say i mean like i'm sure they're on the lookout for firebender invading invaders coming in with refugees indeed and he pulls that move but you think there'd be more screening of that but probably not um should have done that actually should have had like tighter security or something like that on the other side or on the previous side as well that there's no like firebender it, why is yeah wait a minute now you mention it it's like why didn't they do that i'm just like how why haven't like firebenders gotten inside at all yet by just posing as okay whatever why didn't azula do it she doesn't need her big drill she can just go right in yeah what the flip like all you need (laughs) to do is like play the long game get like 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 uh sneak a bunch of people not sneak but like you know poses civilians each inside and whatnot and then just like wait a few months if you amass like ten thousand of your followers in there get to the center of the ri- okay whatever yeah <laughs> the drill doesn't make sense speaking of not making sense we see uh, uh and guitar and Sokka walking through the inner workings of the drill and it's a lot bigger than i knew than i expected that it was i mean maybe maybe it's just the it didn't sell it the the very high up shots that we kept seeing, but I was surprised to see that it was such a tall room that they're in. Oh, it's a big like yeah no. I, well, I, you see the outside; it's huge. So the inside obviously has to be huge as well. Yeah, I guess now that you say that those tanks are pretty small. Yes, and they were full size tanks. So yeah, no, that's fair. Oh, uh, by the way, by the way, before anybody says anything about like, well, do, does, doesn't that mean that st- like using your same logic, Star Wars doesn't apply where they could like snuck in a bunch of like rebels as um as stormtroopers or whatnot inside a new hope to like get instead of having to use the transfer one it's like here's the counterpoint darth vader he probably would have sensed something yeah 
And how do they get into the, the training schools of the uh, the stormtroopers? We don't know how that stuff works. And they had pretty yep. tight security on the uh, Death Star. So, like, it was just by chance they happened to, like, by blind, stupid luck, they were able to, like, get inside. And the fact that Obi-Wan was the one that um, distracted Vader was long, like how they were yeah. able to at least get out. And even then, they didn't fully get out because then they had the tracking beam or they had the tracking ship on them. Uh, inside the Millennium Falcon. No, oh, but to defend Star Wars, it's more like blind, stupid force. Or blind, stupid fate, I should That's, say. That too, yes. <laughs> oh, but, um, so yeah, they're... Oh, wow, I'm sorry. Uh, 33, uh, 26, even though that's not going to make sense for a lot of people's timestamps. But Sokka's face during that scene when he's saying, you two are the cut stuff up with waterbending guys. That's a very weird looking face for Sokka. <laughs> this just looked strange, but... But that's when we it's right after that, actually, when he says his uh, team avatar thing. And I didn't realize that we were uh, doing spoilers all this time. This is the episode when they finally come up with their team avatar moniker. And whoops. Oh, yeah. well, well, you said team A, so like, yeah, yeah I'd say team A or team. Av- Usually team A was just something I'd put in the, the the summaries. So I didn't have to say team avatar more than once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> uh but still um no i like Sokka's expression there i think i thought it looked pretty cute well that's fair i don't know i just look adorable um but anyway yeah so um what they'll do is they'll take water and use it as like water cutting which is a real thing though it may take time they could just use frost wedging but again take time um mm. to slice through the metal uh and basically like clean cut it uh the whole thing and they begin and they keep doing it and they keep going yeah. and they keep going and they keep doing it. They keep going. And Sokka's like, can you guys hurry up any faster? It's like, do you want to do this? Yeah, he's, he's being nice. He's trying to be supportive. He's like, go team, go team. <laughs> but uh, I noticed that they were sweating quite a bit. So I was like, oh, hey, that's good for uh, Katara's little little sack. She can restock. Just suck up that. Uh, Shush. <laughs> Oh, but um, did you like Sokka's expression of excitement as they're almost cutting it? Again, this is very like, like you can see while this is not jam animation, it is much closer to like what a Japanese show looks like. Yeah. So I, I appreciate this episode for that and the art style. Like you would have disliked it if they had done like, you know, made them look like they did in the desert. But like, this is the perfect art style for a DR movie personally. Yeah, it works for them. Yeah, but uh, it turns out right when they they happen to break that kind of support beam is right when the drill makes contact with the the bossing say wall, which they think destroyed the drill. Mm. Not so easy, guys. Not so easy. Yep, can't be that easy. But anyways, they're like, ah, crap. All right, re- rethink this plan. Yeah, and I do like the like the one shot that we see of Azula. Like, she's not her usual kind of smug, joyful self. She's almost has, like, a somber quality to her or something. Yeah, it's weird, like, what's going on in her head and what you could read as to what's going on with her. Um, Maybe she's, again, like, just on edge of just, like, you know, I suspect that there could be some sabotage, but I can't really react yet because, well, you know, I I don't know if it is or not. But, yeah, it (laughs) it is weird that she's, like, She's not okay, even though she is one to like boast, at least only to those who are inept. 
she's trying to find a reason to like kind of uh humble this here war master mm-hmm. or uh yeah war counselor so um i guess she's just waiting uh to have her moment unless the script tells her to wait so she's still in her mark of just like ah, i gotta wait yeah and speaking of kind of being patient uh, we cut back to team a and it turns out that even though they cut through that that uh support it didn't actually really fall down it just kind of moved in its little uh uh i was gonna say track but that's not quite right no yeah uh, whatever it is we also got uh well it's well beam um but we did see a quick shot of slurry by the way the mud and water mixture uh or rock and oh yes okay way. yeah uh, again set up by the way did there you, you love um how the war counselor made a shouted out the uh superboy pilot or the superboy I think it was a Superboy pilot, um, or episode five in that countdown to victory. <laughs> oh, what did he? Oh, oh, did he say countdown to victory? He said he said like the countdown to victory is upon us. Oh, okay. I was like, hey, nice shout out there to our Superboy commentary <laughs> guys. Go, uh, oh, that's random. All those buds who are listening, go, uh, go to our other channel. Listen to that one. It's been a while since I've listened to that one. Oh yeah, it's been a long time for me too. Oh, but um, yeah, we cut back to. Like Sokka's little plan wasn't as uh, easy as he uh, as he thought, and then Aang, thinking back to his his earthbending lessons that he's been learning lately with Toph, he remembers a little lesson about pressure points. It's not about just one swift blow, one swift kind of cut through a beam. It's hitting it at the the vital points to make it all fall. Which it seemed like that's what Sokka's plan was initially, like when he was describing it on the uh, tech specs. It seemed like he was t- talking about a number of different things, and it just turned to this one beam. Like, did I miss something there? No, yeah, so, okay, so, probably, what he wanted to do was he wanted them to cut through all of the, or no, he only wanted to cut through one of them, and he thought, like, the, the whole rest would fall down. Oh, okay. Um, but mm-hmm. then Aang realizes, and or Katara and Aang realize, like, oh, we can just cut through half, uh, well, cut halfway through all of them, and that would be enough to weaken it, and then I'll ang has to do is um hit the same area from the outside and the g-force and velocity and inertia and impact would then affect everything else so he would yeah and i don't know if they come up with the other plan yet but even still um i'm sorry this is a big tangent but what ang sort of describing is probably maybe in the praying mantis style but it's also i want to just like shout out like you know stuff i'm learning at at school um with the idea of a volume fighter when it comes to like kickboxing or mma where a volume fighter trades uh strength for speed so instead of like putting 100 percent of power into all their punches they use like half of it and over time they're gonna wear down the opponent till like this is especially like if you're going for body shots. Um, if you keep wearing down their liver, you hit like, uh, if you do like throw a hundred percent shot at them, um, then you're knocking that, like that person may like finally go down after like a whole. So it's very much a damage over time. If that makes sense. Stance. Yeah. So it's kind of like this in a way. I just wanted to, that's what ang was saying and i wanted to translate that to like real life where that's what a volume fighter is that's kind of what i want to be 
and I have that capacity to be that. I just need to be a little better at that. But anyway, sorry, that's just uh, sorry for that tangent. No, it's all good. It, yeah, it even kind of fits what what uh, Toff's kind of philosophy was for that. Just kind of teaching volume fighting to him a little bit there. Uh, yeah, sort of. In I mean, I don't ways, remember. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing is like, was that in bitter work though? Because she was. Well, that was the basics, I guess. Of like, here's how to move a rock and stuff. You got to be strong and hard. Uh, just what he was saying in this episode. Okay. With because uh, he was saying like it's not about one swift blow. It's about you know kind of hitting a multitude of blows in important parts. That's true. And that's what wears them down. Because if you think about it, like both waterbenders kind of do that as well when they go offensive and firebenders are definitely that uh where they put like a hundred percent into their shots we're kind of going to see that later in a second and i mean the same episode um where you see them kind of putting like a hundred percent effort into a punch or a strike excuse me sorry i was just watching the uh watching this scene where we cut up to the main kind of pilot bay or whatever it is with uh, Zula and the War Minister guy. The bridge. The bridge. There you go. <laughs> Missed up all my words today. Same with me. And uh, yeah, they, they're talking about, oh, no, we discovered that one of the engineers was ambushed and his schematics were stolen. And they just they start realizing that, oh, no, you know, something's been been cut. We're sabotaged. And you just see through the scene, Azula just getting like the colder element towards him and him getting more spooked. Like, oh, crap, what's she going to do to me once she realizes I'm a failure? So I thought that was funny. Yeah, no, again, she's just abiding her, biding her time. I'm just like, I'm going to like, I think every single person is all like mm-hmm. uh, imbeciles. So let's um, I'm going to use any means to like bring this guy down uh, several levels. Uh, and before then we had, yeah, just shot, saw shots of Aang and Katara doing exactly what we said, where they're going to cut halfway through everything. Uh, so it probably takes several minutes, but again, everything is, they have to do it quickly or else and it's all stamina. It's like, how much stamina do they like waste and how much can they recover? But anyway, and I like that Azula, um, decides like, you know, I'm not going to leave this up to my failure kind of underlings anymore. We're going to take care of this ourselves. Yep. And so they head down and they start a little fight, but, uh, you know, ladies, man, Sokka, you know, all the, all the chicks, once they catch their eyes on him, they, uh, Hey, they fall for him. What did I say? What did I say? One lady per town. We're in Bossing Say. <laughs> this guy, like, they're right outside Bossing Say, so maybe that's something else. But, like, so he's got, like, you know, it. and since Bossing Say has, like, apparently, like, three inner rings or whatnot, maybe he's got three ladies in there, right? Waiting for him. Oh, right? no. Let's oh, go, no. man. Let's go. He's got the Ty Lee, man. Unless you want to count, like, since they're technically in the drill, <laughs> that's, like, uh, Fire Nation uh border border oh, yes. so, like, there he's, you go. he's yeah. got a fire nation girlfriend already let's go bud and he's like yo what's going on and she's got the hots for him apparently so like yo let's go bud even though i was like the whole last episode was just like sucka like seriously like but anyway so yeah they they they, they run away uh because they pretty much did their part um yeah like every everything like for, for once they're actually finished uh they, they just had a reason to leave which is nice um and so they split up after they get into one hallway ang's like i know what to do katara's like here's some water even though like they could probably find some water elsewhere whatever here's your water skin it's technically made of animal skin i don't know how ang feels about that but whatever i think doesn't really <laughs> matter in this moment but they run away um azula and the gals catch up and you know she goes after ang the other two go after sock and katara they 
run to a um, drain, mm. not drain, but they run over to like a manhole cover of some sort. Yeah. Open it up and there's all the slurry. Yeah, and May, she's disgusted. She's like, I, I'm not going to chase them through that. Like, this isn't worth it for me. She seems in general like she just doesn't really care that much about this whole conflict. Nope. But, but Tylee, she's like, oh, Sokka went down there? Oh, okay, I'll jump in and see what's <laughs> going on down there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's like, let's go. Total adventurer. She's like, I don't know who this guy is. I have no interest in her or in, in both of them. So you go ahead. And then May just like closes the door on her. It's like, yeah. wow, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and then then Aang, he's he's run to commit his task, and we see all these other engineers, and they're the exact same model. <laughs> Shut up. Over and over. I thought that was a little strange. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but yeah, he does his Jackie Chan routine. Um, none of them do anything about it. It's just like, did you see that? No. Nah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Idiot. <laughs> like, hey, man. Um and then we cut to the stern, the stern, yeah, this the uh, stern of the tank, uh, yeah. or the drill, sorry, and it's where all the uh, excess slurry uh, is going out of there. Uh, again, all the, basically, what was it? All the rock that is coming in from the drill itself, like from the big like drill head, anything ex- like coming into it is being like um, conveyor belted uh, away, sprayed with water. That's a lot of water, by the way and yep. uh turn into mud that's based so basically um the drill itself doesn't uh overfill and or what is it get clogged up excuse me with with uh, rock bits yeah which is smart admit that makes sense i think it's also very lucky for katara that it's uh filled with water and so half as the two of them half of water as the two of them uh fall out they happen to be able to stop the flow before ty lee joins them in their little mud pile well technically guitar does i don't know about Sokka. he just stands there uh, did i did i say Sokka? well you said they managed to do it i'm just like well guitar kind of does and here's where i think it just becomes too ridiculous i'm like okay there this this okay so there's constant stream of slurry that is coming down from the drill so there's a lot of water pressure and a lot of gallons and or liters of water there okay like probably a lot of like olympic swimming pools here and katara is just doing this with one hand i'm like okay that's that's a little far-fetched for me like the whole like she's a master within like three weeks is still (laughs) a little like i'm a little bit me too eyebrow raising and again it's to it's it's um passage of time in the show but even still it's like no we want to see her struggle and what that's the point of like freaking a i'm i'm into my fifth year of martial arts and i still not like totally great okay not not that i ever will be great but just you know what i mean right like there's still i still have so much room to improve this this does feel like really unrealistic for me where it's just like all of a sudden in three weeks she's like that kind of pees me off now now okay the other thing i want to say is when I go back to the series, not because of not Salidas, I'm not going to care. Maybe I will still care, yeah, but like, absolutely. I'm verbally saying this out loud now, but all the stuff I've said prior and will say after this, <laughs> like, while I think this in my head, I still have, like turn my brain off sometimes and just enjoy the episode. Yeah. None of this stuff actually really damages it too much, it, but yeah. there is flaws. Yeah. It's pointing it out for me. 
Um, yeah. But it's not like terrible for me and um, just, you know, awful and do and like, you know, oh, I skipped this. No. Um, the other thing yeah. I want to like really complain about is that even though she's currently like, you know, we can see her head. So she's getting air. I'm a little like worried about Ty Lee in that she's oh. being held up in like, again, lots of water pressure, lots of like liters of water and, and rock, by the way, how rocks, is she not yes. getting like drowned and, or having rocks pelt that or like that? She should be dead. Oh yeah. We don't see uh, the, after the episode's over, she's covered in bruises and they have to bring in a water bender healer. Like, <laughs> to uh, help her heal her broken bones no 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 no, no. they do the equivalent of with firebending where it's just like they burn her calluses um or they burn her they, uh, they cauterize her wounds but it's like no cuts i just picture some old like haggard woman that they bring in do your work and get back into the prison it's one of the two firebending masters of azula's <laughs> oh no i meant for the water bending. oh okay. i don't know if they have water if fire healing oh no no that's what i'm saying they have fire healing instead of water bending uh water bending healing Oh well, I guess we'll see if that's introduced as we uh, as we go along. Hey man, have you ever you ever hear like Tiger Bomb or Icy Hot? Oh, there you go, there you go. That's true. Tiger Bomb is awesome, by the way. Anyways, sorry. Oh, but we see uh, Ang. He gets on the top and he goes about completing his task. Uh, but then we cut away again pretty quick. <laughs> well, it's yeah, no, he's he just like he finds the right spot, and all of a sudden, like as he is about to, he looks up falling rocks it's like oh god this really is like a dandy session um and we see the general up there and he's um ordering all his troops to fire the rocks ang's yelling like please don't fire the rocks and these generals like men you have to fire the rocks and yeah just humorous in that and then ang begins cutting uh with the water um an x to mark the spot yeah and that's when we cut back to uh yeah, Sokka and Katara. And... Yes, yeah, Sokka is being is giving her words of encouragement and whatnot. Katara, like, again, no cells, any struggle whatsoever. Like, this should be the equivalent to when Toph is trying to hold up the library. And she's just mm. doing it with one hand. And um, she, uh, uh, what is it? She, blo- not blows up, but she certainly, like, um, kind of gets a little annoyed at him for, you know, pep talking her and trying to you know be encouraging even though like again she's doing her all in this and he's really doing nothing other than like just standing there even though he was the one that came up with this whole plan but you know whatever and then you know he says just bend the slurry woman and then she like again with the other hand just like slaps him away with the water and i'm like dude how hard and uh, uh, okay anyway and then toff comes in because she probably sensed what was going on. She's like, hey, need a hand? It's like, yes, there's earth in this. Please help me. It's like, okay. Um, and they push it back. Tylee gets sent back into the drill. Again, with all that water pressure, all that like water or slurry and mud and, and earth, probably underwater, she should be dead. Like, there is no reason this girl should still be alive. Like, I don't want her to die, but there is... Guys, seriously... Uh, this is insane. Like, I, don't, I don't agree with that, but whatever. Anyway, you can see that the, um, but then uh, plugging the water back though, or the slurry back actually works and begins to burst the pipes. Um, so it's creating back pressure. So that's really good. Um, <laughs> yep. What I give to be a metal bender. Uh, and so then Zula uh, shows up and, you know, they fight. 
the fight. It's really cool. They have a, like a little stand down as or <laughs> stare down as they both like, you know, as the drill is still moving and we see all those like, you know, hundred percent attacks or hundred percent power. I was telling you about with Azula, although it's pretty cool with Aang, like whipping her arm to like, yep. um, get rid of her breaker stance uh, and form. That was awesome. And I like the, uh, the added addition of them throwing the rocks too, like falling down during their fight. It kind of feels like a video game fight. Oh yeah. No, which I was going to ask anything from, um, uh, the burning earth, burning earth in this or no, uh, I've not gotten far enough that they might introduce some of some of this stuff later. Okay. Just wondering, because this literally would be like the perfect game level. It would be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he creates a war rock wall. Excuse me. She like, you know, again, puts a hundred percent into her attack, breaks the wall, grabs him, wakes up. Uh, the drill finally pierces through the other side of the wall. So it does get through once again, kind of like Iroh. Um, mm. And then, um, yeah, no, he sees Aang wakes up right before she's about to like blast him with fire. And uh, he creates an, a rock glove and just, you know, pushes her away. That's awesome. Yeah, I was thinking of Super Scroll. <laughs> yeah, no, that literally is Super Scroll. Listen, man, I've been waiting like for a long time to say this, but you know, I forget. I'll just save it for later. But um, just as she's about to attack him again, Aang readies up the slurry, all the back, um, uh, the backed up slurry blows up and you know, right in their face. And just as they kind of planned, Azula, like you know, has to grab onto the side of the uh, the drill with her fingernails, probably like, God, that's oh, that's horrible. Sheesh. That's horrible. But I do like that they slide right into each other and bang. That was awesome, dude. I thought that was funny. Bump into each other, <laughs> excuse me. But um, so Momo kind of helps rescue Aang, and then Aang does the work himself to get back up to the drill, finds the X mark, which had not gone through the hole, thankfully. Uh, and he's like, okay, everything's ready. All I need is eight. Bam. Rock just appears like, hey, yep. that's exactly <laughs> what I needed. Perfect setup, by the way, for that, if I may say so. So then he... Yes creates his air scooter goes uh vertical uh up the side of the wall and then with the strength of G- like as soon as he like the freaking comet drop from infamous second son um he you know runs up as fast as he can um gets a few more feet and then all of a sudden dives down just rushes with all the g's uh with uh, behind him all the velocity impact inertia vlo- whatever you want to call it physics gets in there uses earthbending to like um yeah. break his fall and azula tries to attack him as she recovers and then but he hits the freaking uh nail in the coffin right there and blows yeah. the ever-living like crap out of that drill and all the backed up slurry um burst out of the uh drill including Ty, uh, a, a, an alive ty lee um in the in the stern uh Toph creates another pillar to um, make sure they don't all get washed away. And uh, yeah, no, the drill stops and Aang just is covered in slurry. And he's like, yo, I did it. Let's go buds. And the uh, yep, war. It's glorious. Yeah. The war minister is in the bridge and he's just like, that did not just happen. Oh, and the um, slurry explosion was so like high, it went all the way up in the uh, yeah. straight to the general, uh, the mm-hmm. earth general. Excuse me. Yeah, and I love that the the slurry stuff looks like like uh, what's that cheese that comes out of uh, 
like a whipped cream can. I'd forget what that kind of cheese is called. You know oh, I mean? like uh, either che- either cheese whiz or uh, fondue. No, it's got. I it could see it looks a little fondue-ish. Yeah, it was definitely making me think of that, and I was like, oh, I kind of want some some liquid cheese now. Which even though I don't like liquid cheese. But... Uh, that's disgusting, by the way. Uh, yes. Even though craft dinner is disgusting, but I still like it. Um, and then um, after Zula somehow survives that fall from like the top of the drill down to meet Ty Lee, she could have just like you know used her 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 fire to like jet propel like down like you know just just a slower fall down um you know may opens up a hatch and uh just says we lost i wrote a poem about this here's my air violin <laughs> and then we cut away to um inside of the uh old train there a little little tram or train station there where they were before uh where where excuse me uh iroh and suko were before and we see uh we see we, we we see him we see jet he's in a huff oh he's mad he's he's furious he's mad he's he's yeah. never he got denied from zuko the advances of that you know that, that relationship oh he could have gone on a date but nope just had to reveal himself as a firebender he's like this is personal now he yeah. tur- one he turned me down for my date and two he's a firebender i'm gonna kill this guy yeah, but even though he's got those kind of vicious thoughts in his mind, we see that Iroh, he, he's feeling happy about the role. He's feeling a little hope uh, full, I would say, you know? Yeah, no. And, um, you know, he uh, goes back into character again, I guess you could say. There you go. Oh, and then he meets, meets Hope and his family, or her family, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, there's my hopeful uh, line, yeah. <laughs> I just have to spell it out, I guess. Yeah, and I actually... Uh... I like the touch of the seeing that the train runs on just like earthbenders pushing it. <laughs> yeah. It's so like smooth. They just, again, push it again. It's kind of similar to um, the, the slides at. Um, oh yes. Yeah. Uh, um, Omashu. Omashu. Uh, sorry. Um, just in that it's now in a horizontal direction instead of vertical. Again, we have horizontal things today where we see the drill move on its own. And then we see like, you know, how earthbenders transport people around on like, you know, these elevated trolleys, you could say almost, I mean, it's train as well, but mm-hmm. yeah, earthbending version of it. And then we close the episode on a little bit of a joke with, uh, Sokka still trying to find a name for the group that they'll accept, but. But Aang kind of likes Boomer Aang, yeah. uh, which, by the way, he probably wouldn't like that if he lived in 2021 when uh, Hey Boomer was uh, was going around. But <laughs> I mean, they could make jokes about him if that was the case. Well, he is 100 years old, so, you know, it'd be fitting for Boomer Aang. But... Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, that's... yeah, no. And then there's the Fearsome Four. I suggest Fantastic Four. That's fantastic. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's that's the drill. Um, I just want to say uh, I appreciate at this point in the show that they're really focusing on kind of the, the, the first season was more episodic. This one, they're kind of bleeding the plots from what would seem like an episodic episode or would initially be used as an episodic episode in the first season. They're bleeding it over into these multi episode arcs. I think that works uh, quite well for this show. So I'm happy to see that very much does. But does this Caleb is this a character driven story or is this uh story driven as in it's only or plot driven excuse me mm, 
well, we'll see how much it really comes into effect later. But yeah, th this one does seem a little bit more like, yeah, just continuing the. I mean, they really dragged out this journey to bossing. Say, I will say that even though I've enjoyed all the episodes, it's taken them a long time to get there. And this is one final little hurdle before they really immerse themselves in the city. So certainly we finally arrived at the destination. But remember, it's about the journey, not the destination. There you go. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was filled with action. Uh, they delivered. Uh, even if this was like, it seems like Caleb's putting a pin in this episode to like, maybe we'll see this again, potentially. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But this, this action packed light that could almost be treated as a movie would be. Yeah. I, I very much am feeling it. And uh, yeah, no, I haven't really got other than like a few complaints I have with it. Um, no, I mean, we technically broke it where it's just like, you know, they could have just infil like the Earth Fire Nation could have just infiltrated the city unless they had like ways if the Earth mm -hmm. bending or Earth Kingdom security had a way to like snuff them out. Like They could have just done that. But whatever this is what <laughs> it is. I, you know. I haven't said this yet, but I would have loved to see how Shyamalan would have done this. Oh, wow. You know, I was saving, I was going to save that actually for our uh, book two overview. That was going to be one of the topics. I mean, we still will, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, 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 you also probably mean the whole book or in, entirely. So yeah, book two overview. I was going to ask how you think he would have adapted this book or how would it come across? Well, well yeah, I'll, at least, yeah. Sorry for that spoiler. Unless you just yeah. cut that. <laughs> Maybe I will. I, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, it's, it's great. Um, even though if, if one thinks it's filler, uh, I think it was a fun piece of filler. And, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it'll lead into more stuff, but even if it doesn't, it was fun on its own. Right. Yeah. No, we haven't really had that in a while of just like, you know, Aang versus this, this beast or whatever. We haven't seen spirits in a while, by the way. I wonder how the spirits would have taken this thing over. Well, the library was only a few episodes ago, but if only this thing had a castle on it, would this be considered uh, a moving castle? Oh boy. There you go. Oh, but yeah, very much enjoyed this one. Thanks again, Isaac, as always for, for doing this show. My pleasure, sir. I always love this show. Let's keep going. Let's not stop. Absolutely. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll stop for now with, uh, do you have any, any final words for us? I ask you all this. What wins in a fight? An underwater drill or the serpent? Till next time. Peace.
this section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Spoilers. Enter at your peril. We have to start the episode proper, but like, yeah. Okay, well, this, this can go in the spoiler section. So, uh, that's the that's the war chief bud from uh, book one. The I don't remember which episode was it seventeen, I think. Uh, Northern Air Temple, eh? Uh, which guy again? Did you uh, say the war the war chief or war oh. minister? Excuse me. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he returned. He returns a eh, from the uh, from the Northern Air Temple where he was forcing um the mechanists to the mechanists excuse me to build war machines which i well yeah because he was an inventor and i assume he had the, the war minister had a bunch of other engineers and, and inventors under his belt and he just was like oh, i'll just use this guy as well but i feel like this is a entire like this entire episode itself was just a a red herring to make the audience believe that, oh, this is what they were talking about back in the end of uh, Northern Air Temple, where we see that war balloon, or that small balloon, which achieved flight, and after, you know, it goes down, and then we see that little, like, not postcard scene, but we see, like, he found it, and he's like, this will make a great addition to the Fire Nation, paraphrasing. And it was like, "Uh uh-oh, are we going to have blimps or something like that? Which is obviously at the very end of the series. But, no, this was... I don't know whether there was a there was a in the background a sketch or schematic of the drill itself, but I wonder if they took ideas from the mechanist or this was just like one of their ideas entirely. But okay. it is just funny that like if people thought, oh, this is what they were talking about when it was like, all right, we're gonna use this somehow, like hot air balloon equals drill. What? Makes no sense. <laughs> So maybe it's a slight red herring or not. People are just like, nah, it's not that. I, I couldn't even tell you. I don't know what the discourse about this episode was other than it was awesome. Yeah, and I guess if this is the uh, spoiler section for the drill, I, I guess I, I'm getting a little little mixed up, which is which, since they're both in that one little clump. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess they were reaching back to uh, season one in a number of ways, or book one, with the old Jet Gang uh, coming back too. So maybe they were just going through their old files. What do we got to tie up again? <laughs> hey, who did fans like exactly? Oh, they like Suki, and we kind of did. Went, we went to Kyoshi Island, so let's bring her back. And Aang's oh, gonna yeah, fight a too. sea serpent, and then after that, we're gonna have, uh, oh, you know, let's just like have Jet be attached to Zuko because Zuko and Iro need something to do uh, while embossing Say. So filler. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, while well, we're still in the spoiler section, I'd actually uh, forgotten that Jet came back. Oh, you... That's and funny. I think in our Jet episode, I think in our Jet episode, you were like, oh, they're not coming back. And I was like, oh, really? Like, oh, I, I thought I remembered something with them, but... Yeah, but you know why. You know you know why. <laughs> uh... Oh, no. Oh, okay. It was just like... That was just me trying to 
hoodwink and are red herring the audience, even though oh. I'm playing dumb with the audience, obviously. Because I think I put spoiler. that in the spoiler section because I was like, oh, well, I don't want to give any spoilers about whether they come back or not. So I put it in there. <laughs> I guess if we're like making amends and whatnot, I also have to like say something that's been on my chest for a long time when it comes to the show and something, a comment I made long ago. But I said that this show should have been like, this is like one of the black sheep of Nickelodeon. And it's way more action heavy than most of its peers were in the t- at the time. And I said, oh, I probably do really well. Uh, and or should have been a cartoon network show. 